This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. What's very important is always, um, what's the right word for it, the, 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 the area, the people, and so on. So Galicia sits between Poland, Ukraine, Austria, and it is... Um, the western part of the western part of it, the capital is Krakow, and that's um, part of Poland today. The eastern part of it is Ukraine today, um, and its capital is Lvov or Lemberg, depending on who is in, in, in place. Galicia was kind of a poor place, like most places were. It's kind of poor. The the the, the Jews there were very traditional. Um, and um, it, it, in, in, as time went on, it became um, very in, it became an intense divide between um, very very strong um, like bells and sands, who are very sharply against changing anything, to on the uh, to, to masculine. There's quite a large skull in Galicia. And um, Galicia was split at the end between, you know, sharp masculine and very, very kind of rigid and sharp um, people that were traditional that way. Um, the, the major fact in general in, in a lot of in a lot of Eastern Europe's changes was the Austria-Hungarian Empire, which conquered in 1772, conquered. Uh, um, Galicia took it away from Poland, and till 1918, till World War One, it was part of it. Austria, the Austria-Hungarian Empire, was in some ways more enlightened. They were, um, they they tried to give Jews more rights. They also very much, they abolished Chadorim. They made their own schools back and forth. A lot of turmoil their way. So in 1786. Um, Reb Shlomo Kluger was born. His name was, it's interesting, his name was Shlomo Yaakov Yosef. Um, they took away Yaakov Yosef because he was sick as a young boy. Um, it's kind of, I've never heard before, but there, 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 there is a musig in halacha when you write Gitten and so on that's called Nishtaka Hashem. When a person had a name was given at birth, but nobody calls him that. So we call that Nishtaka Hashem. Um, now, the um, so we know that we add a name to uh, give a um, to to give us like to you know when somebody's sick we say this it's no longer Yankov it's Chaim Yankov Fall Yankov um, taking away a name I've not heard of he he actually <coughs> his name was taken away and one of, and his son's name was taken away um, he really was a child so he was born in 1786. And he was really a child prodigy. I mean, he, he was brilliant, extraordinarily brilliant. Um, and he, uh, he, you know, he, at the age of six, he started being Mechadish Kedushim. Um, at the Bar Mitzvah, he said a judge of his own and stunned people with his brilliance. Uh, this was something that would be a hallmark for the rest of his life. He, he was an extraordinary quick Tfisa, extraordinary quick Tfisa, and very, very razor sharp. Um, and so on. His father died when he was bar mitzvah, 
and he wanted desperately to go learn. He, t he begged his mother to send him off to a city uh, and um, he learned that in yeshiva a little bit. He outgrew the yeshiva and uh, until um, and he left it and he decided to learn on his own. And, and, and the Rav, the, the, uh, there was a Rav, Rav Galanta, took him in and, uh, and became like his personal mentor. He had one other person that was very interestingly enough involved in his life, and that was the Dubna Magid. The Dubna Magid lived in that same town. The Dubna Magid took a tremendous liking to him. He was, he was absolute uh, prodigy, and he, um, he, he made him into a, um, a personal project. He would learn with him once a week. I got it to Jewish and things of that nature, and that was also a seminal influence. At the age of 15, his mother died and his disrupt, his regulator took him in, also died. And he was basically left alone. Um, he got married at the age of 17 to a very hush of a person, hush of a rav, who was also, you know, allowed him to sit and to learn. The, um, the, uh, the, in those days, you know, you, you actually sat in the house of your in-laws and you ate there. He, he, he would learn, his, his Seder Yom and his personal lifestyle were incredibly, his, his Asmada was, he would learn literally 18 hours a day, that was his Kviyas, um, and it was Kol Kula Shakur learning, he had very little to do with people, he wasn't into people, didn't, that was his thing. Um, he, uh, his father died and his mother-in-law struggled to support them, but she did. And finally, the um, his uh, his mother also passed away, and he was left needing to fend for himself. Um, his wife very much wanted he should take a job as a rav. He adamantly did not want to become a rav. He was um, he was very very wary of it. He felt Rabbanus is way too much of a um, of a bother, and people bother you, and, and, and you're busy all day, and so on. So if you, if you have a business, you run the business, and that's it. In those days, there was no WhatsApp, there was no you didn't have to be on call all the time, and you know, then that was it. The um, so he handled in business. Um, he was not terribly good in business because he was sitting and thinking most of the time and learning. And uh, that wasn't very, very conducive to running a good business. He would undercharge, he would forget, he would this, he would that. And it caused a bit of friction at home. So I was very unhappy. It came to a head when somebody came in and uh, and, and uh, somebody came in and bought up almost half of the store, um, which was very, very good, except that his mind was in the middle of Takanasusha. He was learning Takanasusha, and the guy walked out without paying. So when he came home, we told us, I have great news for you. Um, and, and, she's, and we sold almost half our stock and she said amazing now where's the money he says oh I forgot to ask for the money 
So she was very, very upset. And he walked out. So she, she pushed him to go collect the money from the guy. It was a very cold day. It was snowing. And he walked out. And he um, was walking. And all of a sudden, a, um, uh, a, a carriage of, with four people he stopped him and said, where, where, where are you going? He said, you have to go to, he said, don't you know, a delegation from, a, from an important town came, that they, they, they're insisting on taking it as a rov. Go quickly, you have to meet them. So he, um, he, he, he finally felt it's a Yad Hashem, like, you know, this is, it, it, obviously this whole thing. And he ended up taking this Rabbanis in Kolkova, a town of Galicia, and he, um, he then went on, it, it, he, he went to Rav, and the day he arrived at Kolkava, the person who owed him the money came with all the money and brought it to him. So he felt it was a simon from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And from that point onwards, he was a Rav. The big turning point in his life came when in 1820, he became a Rav in Brod. Brod was um, a, a very important city. Besides that, Broad was very famous for its cloys. Broad had, in those days, they did not have yeshivas in the formal sense that we have today. They didn't have like a, a, a you know, a set yeshiva or a program and so on. But in, in a place that that people were of learning, they had a cloys, which is like a bismedrish, shul bismedrish. And in Broad, the smartest, the wisest the people came to learn. A lot of these people had businesses, some of them, most of them were there full-time learning, and Broad Kloys was considered to be the center of the greatest Amir HaChamim in Galicia. There was somebody there who was the most prominent member. His name was Ephraim Zalman Margolis. Ephraim Zalman Margolis was a person who had a very successful business, and the um, the 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 uh, he was a very well-to-do person and a huge Chacham. From Rabbi Franz we have Sfarim um, that are today um, the, 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 the um, really uh, uh, very fundamental Sfarim in many areas. We have the Mate Ephraim, which is Hilchis Rosh Hashanah and Kippah. Almost all the issues with the Nusach and stuff of that nature, things like that, the matter frame is to go to Sefer. Shabura quotes him constantly in, 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 in Alochis. He's, you have Shara Frame on Kriya Satayr and things of that nature. He wrote Shuvah's Space Ephraim. The Frame Zalmagolis was, was a, a, a pillar. And he was, in a sense, the leader of the community. He was the Nichbad. He was the, 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 the uh, important. Um, one of the community in every possible, he took a phenomenal liking to Tershlava um, Kluga, and he was the one that got him in. It was not easy. You have to understand something. Now, the, 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 our Tershlava A, did not speak a lot about himself. Kamat did not speak about himself. It wasn't style. He was very ascetic. He was very withdrawn. He was very into himself. The, his, all of this is written by his grandson. Um, his his grandson wrote all of it um, 
you know, it, about his grandfather. His father was alive, and obviously all the information came from his father. So a lot of it you get from a particular angle. Ephraim Zelda goes, got him in as the head. It was a very hard... It was very hard to get into Rabban. So I want to explain a point. And it's hard for us to be it. We tend to think if we, if we, if we're, if we want a certain rav, it's because we're inspired by him. We want to learn from him. We want to lead a community, and so on. And it was somewhat different in 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 places that had great tamir chachamim like Brod. They had a mila that we don't have. They had a tremendous um, pride in Taira, and therefore the Talmud, you know, to say that we have such a Talmud Chacham as our crown jewel was a pride for everybody. Something today will not, very few people would say, well, our Rav can't speak much and he's very rarely available, but wow, is he an amazing Talmud Chacham. I don't think today that would go that well. Um, it's uh, it's something which uh, people it was there. There was also some sort of can I say from of sorts. In other words, um, people felt themselves to be somewhat equal. Maybe they you know they could be just as good. It, 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 it's hard for us to picture where our picture of a goddel is submission. Pride is not. It's not, it's not our thing, not because we're such bread, Bala Madrega, and maybe it's because we're not, but Al Kaponim, this, this, over there you had a, a, a city broad pride itself on being Tamir Chachamim equal to anybody else. Even Ephraim Zalman Margolis, who was first amongst equals, for him to bring in somebody took a lot of work. He, he, it, it, it took a lot of work. And finally, he, he became the, the Rav, the Mayor of Ryan Broad. And um, and uh, on his first day, they sent him in every time at Chacham, everybody in Broad sent him in a shaila, a halachal ma'isa shaila, you know, but they just wanted to test him. He got in 100 shailas on the first day that he became the Rav in Broad. But um, this became his permanent station. So Shleim Kluga is, I don't know if the official title was Rav, he was Shleim Kluga Broad, and this was his main position. This is pretty much where he stayed his entire life for a small break for some reason. And and uh, this is what it was known. So his own lifestyle was um, was a very, very, uh, um, what's the right word for it? Ascetic is, is, is an understatement. He was somebody that uh, was a... Um, he would wake up at Chatzois, he would finish, he would do Tikkun Chatzois, he would finish all of Tillam, he would learn his Starim, he would go at 7 o'clock to Davin, he would spend the morning teaching Talmidim, he would spend, he was always writing Kedushim, he was a prolific writer beyond words, um, he, he easily there are 150, 160 sfarim that he that he put out. Incredible amount of sfarim. He was he wrote all his life. He, he was a mine of his gab of chidushim, and he wrote chidushim and so on. Um, the uh, the um, he he was um, most of the time he spent was doing things, and he had to be available for all the communal yanim, um, shilas, the entire 
fights and stuff like that. He everything. Um, the um, the in as long as Ephraim Zalman Margolis was alive, he was um, under. Ephraim Zalman Margolis fended for him, defended him, took care of bigger things, and so on. In 1828, Ephraim Zalman was Nifta, and then he had to bear the brunt of, of a lot of issues, a lot of fights, and stuff like that. He um, he was someone who, um, again, by nature, my assumption is, I'm, I'm, almost all the information is coming from Tolda Shlomo, um, he was not diplomatic. He was a person that saw, th- you know, the way things are. He was extremely ascetic. He, he, he and therefore he was blunt. Um, he didn't fear, didn't, you know, wasn't scared of anyone. And uh, was, was um, very, very fearless. It also meant a lot of times like he had to go to war for things. Shortly after you know, Fadzal Magos was Nifta, he um, there was a mice that came before him. This and this is unfortunately a sense of typical things. Um, there was a person died without leaving children. His wife. Um, so, so he, he, this person was not known. To ever have had any uh, brothers, so no need for chlitza, and um, and therefore she get she get married. Her former mother-in-law, um, who was obviously not a very nice person, or maybe she was just a mother-in-law, and she uh, she was she said that she um, she had had another son, but the other son had gone away, and therefore. She's hired to get chlitz from him, but nobody knows where he is. And, and therefore, so Reb Shlomo Zalman, Reb Shlomo Kluger listened to the whole thing. He, um, he heard that Stodim and he passed him, there's no chash topic whatsoever. And therefore, she can get married without any problems whatsoever. So, people in, in town began murmuring that Reb Shlomo Kluger was Mate. Yevam uh, Shuk uh, and this and that, um, and he had to get letters. He 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 made an effort and he got letters from all the gedolim of that door to um, the Nesibis, Ricky Vega, some Seifish, Yankov, all of them that his psak is one hundred percent beseda. There's no error whatsoever. But this was a type of thing where people would get would take sides and people would mutter they felt themselves to be you know, just as good and so on. Um, another case where and and, and his his where his fearlessness. Now, by the way, there was a there was a little bit of a mythos that woman who got married at the end. This this woman, this Yavama, um, she had been married twice before, never had kids. She got married again, and she had a, a child a year afterwards from the new husband. And people felt it was kind of a mythos so to speak, uh, on Reb Shlomo behalf. Um, in 1831, there was a cholera epidemic. Um, the, in, in broad, in, not broad, in, 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 in Europe. So for, for those people who, do, who cholera is a terrible, terrible uh, disease, it's, it's, it's um, stomach, it, it's, it's a stomach plague. And, uh, you know, 
the whole works. Bikitsa, a lot of people were dying. And the, um, the, the, the wealthy people in town got together and they, made, they decided on a takana that poor people, tachrichim were expensive. To buy tachrichim for all the people that were going to die was expensive. So, you know, just like there's the takana to make the weddings a little bit cheaper, they made the takana to be cheaper and any poor person would be buried um, with his clothing and not with tachrichim. If Shlomo Kluger heard this, he was furious. He didn't know who was behind it, but he went to the wealthiest person in town who was his biggest supporter. This was the person that was his biggest supporter, staunch supporter, and, and um, I assume was the source of a lot of his income. He, in the middle of the night, went to this person's house, and um, this person was a very cautious person. And he, um, he hadn't gone out during the entire time of the cholera epidemic. And uh, he also didn't let anybody into the house and so on. You know, he didn't want to be affected by anybody else. And Ersland Kluger basically barged in and let loose at this person something terrible. This person was shocked. I mean, wealthy people in those days were not were were not given to um, to, to being talked like that. Um, you know, it, it wasn't only a question of of comforting wealthy people. Um, wealthy people did not take kindly to be given Musa, and this person was shaking with rage, and he was going to um, answer him back. But he bit his lip and decided he's not going to answer back. He said, "You know, I wasn't at the meeting. I don't know what you're talking about." I don't know. I just brushed him off, and that was it. Rav quick went home that night. He he started having diarrhea. This this wealthy person he flipped out, and by the morning he donated. He sent a message on the that he donated all the money needed for buying tachrichim for everybody that needs it, and b'cholu b'cholu b'cholu. So, you know, Hasidic people will find the mayfis in the fact that he started getting sick. To me, the mayfis is that. He was willing, without batting eyelash, to stand up to somebody who was the wealthiest person. He was very weary of taking money when, when he, um, from people, and especially when he felt that there was something behind it. Um, Purim was traditional to send the Rav Shachmanis with some sort of little gift, some sort of check, whatever it is. There was a man who would normally send every year a, a ducat of gold or something like that, um, this year he sent him six. As soon as he saw it, he sent back five of it. And um, the um, and he said, "There's no reason in the world why this person is sending me so much money, unless he wants something from me, and I don't want to be on the payroll." Sure enough, a week later, this wealthy person came and said that he, he's importing rum from England for Pesach and he wants Rav um, Kluger to give him a hechsha on it in which case the and guy, it was something that Rav Kluger did not think was, was good and he told me absolutely not but it was his he smelled the rat as soon as this person was being more generous to him and he felt that if he would end up taking money he'd be in a pickle 
um, there was another parasha. There, there were a few parashas that um, kind of was stormy parashas with, with halachas. He was very, very strict. He was extremely makbid on many things and very, and very fearless. Let's go through. There was a famous, there was a story in Bardichev. Bardichev had a sheikhit who, A, um, the amount of kosher behemoths that came out of that sheikhit were incredible. You know, as normally, let's say, there'd be 30% trefus, it was under 10% by him. He would stick his hand in first and sort of smash any circus. He also had a habit of drinking on the job, which um, means that you know the, your, your 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 hand may not be that steady when shechting. So most of the people Madichev want him out. The butchers, who were wealthy and powerful, loved him. And they were very strong people, and they and they um, were behind him. They um, they asked um, they uh, so they I guess there was there was enough fights and arguments that they needed to do something about it. They called in Rebbe Kluger to Paskin, and the condition was as follows: He obviously understood that it's not a good place to get into. So he would come there, he would sit there um, and watch the Sheikh Shecht a few times. He would not give them any tshuva whatsoever. And when he was back home in Galicia, but Ditchev wasn't in, in Ukraine, he, he was in Austro-Hungarian Empire. So there they could, you know, so he would give it an impartial um, evaluation of the Sheikh and how well it does. Sure enough, he came out to the town, and he sat three days and watched the Sheikh at Shecht. He didn't think he needed more than that. Um, the, uh, you know, they asked him, uh, you know, did you see enough shechitas? So he had seen 130 shechitas, and he said, he punned, he said, Vikal lahavit, Kuflamid is 130, Vikal lahavit. But he didn't say a thing, he was poker-faced. And that was his tonight. And they tried to, to, to sort of get things out of him. He, he wouldn't talk. He did something very interesting. He was supposed to, they, they, he couldn't leave right away. He had to sit there for three weeks because the, the government of it took your passport away. He was supposed to leave on a Sunday. That was the day he was supposed to go back to Brod. He asked quietly that the um, that they um, that he leave he asked he, he got somebody to take him to leave like four o'clock in the morning from there without saying goodbye to anybody he 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 was able to cross the border and then they found out he had he had an intuition that he got got to get out of there what happened was the sheikh's people felt they felt that the psychic was not going to be very good and they had the, the police had a warrant to arrest him for coming from Austria-Hungary and and causing um, and, and and causing sedition, and they would have arrested him and so on and so forth. So his intuition was sharp enough. He left, and when he got back to and when he got back to Broad, he sent them a letter about that they have to stop eating his meat immediately. It's trefus and so on and so forth. 
um, another parsha, which was an, a type of issue that he was um, very involved in, was um, he, he was very against any changes, any new, any changes from the way things were. The 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 the, the of Chadshas and therefore they they they. They in 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 the town, the minig was to um, the minig was to carry out the nifta on uh, on a stretcher with people carrying it. That was the that was the minig. The chaver kadisha decided they wanted something more up to date, and they bought themselves a coach, like a, a, a coach with uh, with horses, and the. Um, the they and then they asked him a shayla, can you carry it with the coach? His answer was no. And now, his, his, his it's very interesting. The main reason I think why he said no was because they were borrowing what was fashionable, what the you know this was the this was the civilized way of doing things. He was a big kanoi and felt any modernization in shul and yanim, any any things that that are are changing the tzur the way things were done, leads to no good, um, and therefore that that was I think the main reason. You know, he felt it was kind of imitating the the goyim, the more modern way of doing things, and so on. So he said no. He wrote shuva on it. And he had fascinating, fascinating um, halachic insights. And this was, if you take a look at his chuvas, I mean, his chuvas on the thousands, literally, but we have his thousands. I mean, he was a prolific writer. His genius of bringing in all sorts of marimekoimas you wouldn't have thought of. They're not, they're a very different style. And, and I'll tell you, like, that's the chrifa style. I'll tell you two nafkiminis. One is, and, and this is true in a lot of chuvas. Sometimes there are no clear gemara so on. You look for the closest place to find something of shaykhis. One could say that you know it, it has. It doesn't. I mean, it's far. It's a. It's a far tzushtel. To which his response was, "You're you're 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 plucking a, a, a svara. You're building your svara on." You know, as far as keres, like, because you think it's not sugishtal. Here's a gemara, prove it to me. And 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 so so in the thing like this, he he brought all sorts of inyanim about. It says on the aron because if he so that the covet is to carry something on your shoulders as opposed to carrying on a wagon, and that's why the aron they carried. He brought gemaras where it says about a, a certain sandal that you're not allowed to wear at a levaya because you might need to fix it. And you'll be ma'akib the kvura. So he says, so anytime you add more improvisations, like a wagon that has to, they might break down and so on, all sorts of extraordinary tzushtals. Um, the, 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 um, the, the, I think the main thing was, was very opposed to it. The Chaver Kaddisha went ahead with it anyway. And the first, and the first uh, mace. They took with it. They got the governor to force Rav Shlomo Kluge and Rabbanim to accompany the mace. 
They were able to get the government to pressure, you know, get the government to pressure. The government issued injunction after do it. If Shlomo Kluger walked in barefooted as an availus that they're, that they're tearing down a halacha, and when they got to the base of to take the nifta out, the, the, the people taking nifta out felt that it was bleeding. He, they, 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 he wasn't tied down well in the wagon, it shook and it, and it released blood and people began to scream and to yell and to riot and they marched to the Hebrew Kaddisha, they wanted to destroy the building. It, it created a major ruckus and uh, the government stepped in and finally at the end of the day he had his way and um, they, they, um, they stopped using it. A, a fascinating footnote um, I have a mechutner, Moshe Friedman, who always finds interesting things. Many years later, there was a shaila in a town in Europe whether you're allowed to use car as opposed to, to the horse and wagon to take the nifta to Beis Akvaris. And the truth was, it's been traditional materials to use a horse and wagon, so um, you shouldn't change it to a car. That's, that's uh, coming from a different side of it. Like upon him, he was very firm about it. Um, there, he was asked a shaila. One of his most interesting shalim was the Austrian-Hungarian government. They they asked him a shaila as follows: that um, all members of the um, parliament were sworn in by um, using a uh, using a Gaisha Bible. They had. If for Jews, they had made, they wanted to swear a Sifatera, they got them to swear on a Chumash. But the, 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 the judge um, had a Shaila, since in the Chumash, the Aserz Adibris is not on one page, so they would open up the Aserz Adibris, the person who handed it, and swear. So the government asked them a Shaila that since the Aserz Adibris are two pages, maybe the Shavu is not really Chal on the whole Aserz Adibris, only on half of it. And he wrote a whole tshuva explaining that the shvu is a, is a really good shvu and so on and so forth. The biggest fight that he was involved in was a um, was machine matzis. Now so it, 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 it's it's interesting, and again, people in those days, and people took things seriously. Sometimes when we'd argue in halacha drabanim, they would stop talking to him. It was extremely sharp, and and there were machlokas and. That started Rachlok's halacha, where close chaver of his would then break away from him, would make up again. The biggest fight that was in him was his oldest age already in, in the 1858. He was involved in, in, in the machine Nazis. Germany started making machine Nazis, and, um, and then they wanted to bring it to, to uh, Galicia as well. And he wrote Fire and Brimstone chuvas against it. Um, most, and, and there was a big split amongst Rabbanim. The the, the, the Chaim and the, the Chassidish Rebbeim, most of them, the big ones were very against it. He was against it. And he had a lot of, he had a lot of reasons for it. Um, he um, included some things like taking away Parnassah from people and so on, but he was very, very his, clo- his friend, who was the Rav in Lvov, Lemberg, which was the other big city in, was a race of Sholnatnes in the Sholemeshiv. He was very for it. And, um, and he wrote Truvis against Rav Shlomo Kluger. 
and, and again, the Shlomo Kogel took it very personal, and for a while they, um, they were not on speaking terms, and then they, and then they, a, an interesting enough uh, side note to how difficult these machlokas were, um, the, the, um, the, the Shol Shol Nelson had a brother-in-law who he wrote Sfarm together with. When it came to this issue, they were on the different sides, and they um, and they they, you know, parted ways. It was it, the, the the machine matzahs. It went from Gdola Lita, who felt this was by far better than the than the hand matzahs, and that the hand matzahs were suffering chametz, and and this is Baruch Hashem, Hashem gave us machines to make good matzahs, versus them who said this is the sitra achra one mitzvah everybody calls for the service matzah and now this the 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 uh, the sitra achra comes in with his machines and destroys it it's a very very bitter machlokas and again like all these machlokas they started with the halachic issues and and it became a whole division one more parish in his life that was extremely painful to him we don't know exact details but he wrote it himself he, one of his farm Nidrei's Ruzim, is um, was dedicated to a granddaughter, and this is the way he describes the parasha. He says, um, "I suffered terribly this year, and I'm and I'm writing this this sefer Nidrei's Ruzim. It's a sefer on the Dern, quite used sefer. Le'ilu nishmasa. She was my joy, my pride and joy. She was 22 years old." Um, we did a shidduch with her that we thought was a very good shidduch, um, and uh, they, they, you know, and little did we know what kind of terrible people they were. She went to that town, you know, we got married, they went off to that town. The, those people were not at all what they pretended they were, and she didn't want to live the lifestyle they wanted her to live, and they caused a lot of grief because of it. She became ill, and they didn't send for a doctor, didn't treat her. When we found out how terrible Matzev is, I ran there. She was deep in pneumonia, and I had to get doctors on expense, this and that. And she was nifted three weeks later. He writes the name of the family, and he says, Cursed may they be forever. Cursed may all the people who knew about their issues and didn't tell me. May they, may they be cursed forever. He writes it with names and everything. Extraordinarily, um, very, very sharp. And then he says, and anyone who keeps a yard site and says, Kaddish, I'll be a schusfer. And actually, Shlem Zalman Oyerbach used to learn, um, used to learn Mishnayis and say Kaddish on her yard site, I'm not sure, Shlem Zalman told people, but I'm not sure why, why he felt it that way and so on. Al Kapanim, um, he was nifted in 1869. Um, he's left, it's, he left over, even though he only had. One son from first marriage, his wife had died, and his second son, and one son from him. But at the end, he has a lot of, he has a lot of, um, a lot of grandchildren alive. Um, his grandchildren are of a different cut. There is Marshak in Eretz Yisrael. There's a name, and I think maybe in America, Memhei Reish Shinkuf. There was a famous doctor Marshak who ran a Mizrahi high school. There's a there's a famous. Uh, uh, ear, nose, and throat doctor, Dr. Mashak, very, very famous <coughs> and um, very, very um, well known at Israel. And <laughs> of all the people, 
there is the most famous Israeli TV news anchorman was is somebody he's retired now his name is Chaim Yavin the family name was Kluger from they were in Germany and he changed it to Yavin Miloshan Klug Miloshan Smart and um, he he is as far left as you can go um, in an interview with him they asked him what's your kippah like for him he said a regular day what does he believe about Brismila barbaric minhag but it's traditional so you do it on and on and on he's, he's as left wing as you can get so it's, it's kind of ironic um, where you know where things went to Al-Kapanim in terms of rabbinic figures he's one of the very great ones Shlomo Kluger his, his mastery of everything and anything was incredible I mean Kalatari Kula he always had, I mean, over 150, 160 Sfarim, that there's a, you know, that not everything's out yet. He, he in the Shoch Aruch, you'll see there's Chach Meshlomo, that's Rav Shlomo Kluger. And there's almost no area, after, it, 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 after there was a year when three of the biggest Rabbanim in Europe died, and it was the, 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 the Chach Shlomo died that year, it was in 1840, some Seyfet died, he became the go-to person in Europe. He would get 30 to 40 shilas a day by mail. And he, would, he was a prolific writer. And his ability to find his Mercurius is incredible. So, I mean, he stands as one of the great um, muyos, one, one of the great figures of, um, of uh, Rabbonim. He, in many ways, typified the, the ultimate Rav in Galicia, he was um, and learning, absolutely brilliant, took nothing from life, feared no one, um, he w- w- stood up for what was right no matter what. Um, he, he, people took things seriously if, if, if somebody disagreed with you in halacha. We're not, it's not because we're nice people that we're, we're, we're it's just because we don't care all that much. When somebody touches us with things that bother us, um, we're not so nice. But okay, you hold machine mats, hold shmur mats, it's fine, it's nice, it's good, this is good, that's good, we're all good. Um, they didn't think it that way. So you could talk about how Ter Machlekes is, but what the Machlekes is about says an awful lot about who you are, what you are, and, 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 and so on. Um, his, his, in, 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 in many areas, the sharp stance that they took against the, 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 the rush to modernity was what saved the Kehillas. The Kehillas in, 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 in Hungary, Galicia, the, the, the ones who remained were the ones who were stark. And he was extremely strong and took a lot of pressure um, and didn't budge because he understood in, 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 the play, in the place where he was, any changes would become a, a headlong rush into, um, you know, in, in, into it, it, every, the horses would leave the the barn and gallop away. So he's, he, I mean, so he stands for for his incredible, um, his incredible Torah. I mean, to, to 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 have so much at your fingertips. He would people would describe. He would sit at a very complicated Torah, and he would sit with his head down, kind of looking like he's oblivious. And then after everybody finished the tainus. He would say, "Come back tomorrow, please." They'd come back. 
he would have written on a piece of paper basically your points are ABC, your points are ABC, um, and this is a halacha. And and, the, and and people were blown away. I mean, his 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 speed of chopping something, his ability to find things that are shayach to the Indian, and it was very original. A lot of his a lot of his inyanim, you know, it's it's chidushim, but but the person was a giant, and um, his, his he, he there was nothing. His his life was ascetic to an extreme. Um, everything was kol kuloi shakron learning. That's all he wanted. He wanted to write his chidushim. And his Yorzeit is going to be Lamed Sivan, um, the first day of Shkhaidish Tamas, Shkhosi Yom Naleinu. Okay. Uh, good talk. Yeah. What's, what's the main sperm we have from him? It could be what we said, but we work. So we have this Ha'elaf Shlomo, which is some of his Chuvis. This Chachma Shlomo, which is on the Shulchan Aruch, Hagos and Aris. There is um, Nidre Zruzin on, on Nidarim. He wrote on all of Tarnavim Ksuvim. He wrote on everything. There's a, if it, it, it's almost not, there's a very interesting letter. Um, I, I'm not quite sure what to make of it. When he was Nifta, so a lot of Gedolim sent in uh, Tanchumen. Rebitzel Blaza, Rebitzel Petterberger, who was a result Salanta's biggest Talmud and known as very big Bal Musa, a big Tam also, he wrote a letter of condolence and he used the titles of many of, of the of Kugis Forum to write about him. Like he wove it into into his his um, condolence, like, you know, the Tam Chachamim and this and that. Most of the Sforim are I doubt I haven't heard of it. It's not. It's not my chug. It's not the place. This, but uh, Nidrei Zruzin was a sefer that's used very much in, in the Dharm. It's one of the classics. Achrayim on the Dharm. Chachm Shalom Shacharuch stands as Hagos. People bring chubas from him. There is a machon that keeps publishing more and more material. I, I don't think they've exhausted by any means all of his material, and um, he he would you know the, the, he, he was prolific. But I'm saying it's a style that today. It's a type of style. In a yeshiva, the tzushtal has to be perfect. Like, when you want to say that maybe A is explaining B, you say, yourself, well, this and this is different. It's not quite the same. In a yeshiva, you sort of look like you're a perfect case. If I can give you a marshal, it's important to understand it's lahavdal. When you're learning medicine in a book, um, the, the, the textbook gives you a perfect case. It, it has to have a perfect answer and it's a perfect case. That's that's normal. Um, in a real chayla, it's never perfect. Never exactly, it doesn't fit the textbook exactly. You have to sort of say, well, it, it's closest to this. So those are the type of tshuvas like that, where um, I, I guess they has about about esrig, about being, about mukavim and stuff like that. The, the, the sugyas that they compare to it a very interesting sugyas. It it's to, it, it, to us today. It's it it seems distant. You know, it's like on the other hand, when there and his his comeback is it's very nice that you think this or that. There's no such thing. What you think? The question is, what what does it say in Gemara? So we'll find the closest thing to it, and we'll shalat to it. It has to be shalat to a sugya, and a lot of his. It's a very difficult learning because it, 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 a lot of times. There'll be a cash on X. He'll say, "Well, 
how can we, what's the case in this in this case? It, it, well, let's go back to a different Taisis. So Taisis says this, Taisis says this, so it can't be this, so it must be this. It, it, it's brilliant in the way it's put together. You can always poke holes on, on a lot of pieces of it and say it's A, it's, um, you know, it's not so mochach, it's not this, okay. It's also, sometimes you have to think, so did Taisis go through so many steps to say what he said? I don't know. That's that's the, there was a very different style. The 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 but but the, the the sheer brilliance of it, and 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 his command of everything, the kulabar, is was incredible, and and you know he stands as as a figure of of the of the rough. He did leave broad for a short kufa, and no one knows why really. As soon as he got to to the other town that he went to. He became very sick. He was in a coma for three weeks, and when he woke up, he said, "It's a similar shemayim." And he went back. Not clear what drove him from broad, but like always, there always were issues. There always were people, you know, as as big as as he was and everything. You know, that, that, that was the nature of things. The machlokas was very strong, and people would um, would try to sort of chip away a bit. Okay, I'll go upon him. Good, our good fach. Who was the girl with the curse? Was that his daughter? We lost connection there also. It's his granddaughter. It was a granddaughter that, that got married to a certain family. And he lists in his, in his news and he lists his, the, the family, the name, the very, very, very sharp language. I mean, horrendous language. Okay. okay. Good. Good fach.